let's get right into it. Thank you for coming today, Mr. Ridman. Um, thank you for bringing out this time to, you know, communicate with us on this virtual interview. I know you've been really busy with having 9 to 6 p.m. Zoom calls. So thank you for coming on the show today. I appreciate you being here with us today. Thanks for having me, Zach. It's great to be here. Yes. So now um, just give, a, give people a little bit, uh, brief bio about yourself so people can know who we have on today. Sure. So my name is Rudiman Das. Um, at this point, I guess I'm a serial startup guy, um, kind of okay. accidentally up there, but um, a computer scientist by passion, profession, training, all of that. I started programming. I started with seven with, uh, you know, my code and so forth and did a vendor, uh, which will I verify, which okay. was the ability to identify people based on the layout of blood vessels in the white part of your eye. Okay. Got sold to Alibaba, ended up at Alibaba in China, um, worked in Israel quite a bit, and then uh, did my, doing my next venture, which is called Triple Blind. Wow. Now, let us, let's backtrack, because I verify is really big. It's not just something you put on the side. Because um, I remember when I came to UMKC in 2016, it was the biggest hot news. Now, tell us a little bit about iVerify and because I know it's sold for over $100 million. So tell us, give us a little bit of details about iVerify. So iVerify was, uh, is still, uh, it, it's called Zolos now, Z-O-L-O-Z. Okay. Um, iVerify built the ability to identify people based on the layout of blood vessels in the white part of your eye. Okay. What that means is if you see the red blood vessels in the sclera of the eye, they're actually unique to you. And they're a non-genetic feature. What that means is you're born, uh, if you, let's say, are a twin or, or, or you have a sibling um, or a triplet, um, you have unique eye vein patterns. And oh, wow, the okay. beauty of that is it can actually be picked up by a selfie camera without any extra hardware. So the reason why, let's say, for example, Face ID needs Apple's hardware is because faces look so similar between siblings and twins and others and okay. closely related people uh, that it's not very accurate, whereas okay. the patterns are unique and they can be picked up with a selfie camera. So we built the ability for a smartphone to recognize you based on that main pattern. Okay. Um, and it was very successful. We took it... Uh, uh, took it to several countries. We went to market several times. Some were more successful than the others, but where we ended up was uh, uh, was supporting many, many hundreds of millions of users in Asia and also wow. in other emerging markets to log to being able to log into their secure financial services, whether it's their uh, AliPayCam, which is the Chinese equivalent of PayPal, to Paytm, which is the Indian equivalent of Square Cash or PayPal, uh, to several other mobile wallets like that. Wow, that is that's fantastic because um, I got to uh, talk with uh, Rush. Um, uh, he was supposed to come up to one of my events, um, and uh, Paul Rush was one of the guy, the partners with uh, iVerify, if I'm correct. His name's Toby Rush. Yes, Toby you're Rush, right. Yes, Toby Rush. Yes, he was one of the um, partners with iVerify, and I was able to talk with him um, back. Uh, I think it was back last month because I want to have him on my event. So yeah, and I'm I'm happy that we have someone who is a tech guy who was a uh, part of that. Now, moving to today, the topic for today is private kit. Now, tell us a little bit about private kit. How did you start with that and what is it all about? Sure. So private kit is the ability for um, communities, nation states, uh, to be able to do contact tracing for COVID in a private okay. way. Okay. So if you've seen the solutions that have come out of Singapore or China or 
um, or uh, uh, Israel, what you've noticed is that the government has really increased its, its surveillance powers to the point where uh, every move of every one of its citizens is tracked uh, just to be able to do community tracing uh, and community spread of COVID. Uh, we believe that that is an overreach of government powers. We do not want to necessarily live in a surveillance state. Mm -hmm. um, there's already a lot of surveillance going on. There's a great book by Shoshana Zuboff talking about surveillance capitalism. So we wanted to prove that it is better to be private and yet have all of those functionalities for contact tracing. So Triple Blind, uh, which is the most recent company I'm, I'm, I'm doing, uh, does privacy as a service enabled okay. by cryptography. And so we partnered with MIT, Harvard, Mayo Clinic, as well as several uh, governmental and nonprofit bodies like the WHO, CDC, and others uh, okay. to put together this effort to be able to, uh, to privately enable community uh, spread contact tracing of COVID-19. Okay. Wow. Awesome. Now, Tell us, like, what made you to create this app? What made you to start, you know, what started you with the idea of uh, doing this app? How did that all start? Well, what made you to do it? Well, we heard um, some of the early projections, which was going to say, which, which were saying something along the lines of 60% of the U.S. population is likely to get COVID at least once in their life, right? Mm -hmm. uh, in the next few years, if you will. And we found that those to be alarming statistics. So we knew that the government, that, that is without any, any uh, control measures. And right. so we knew that for the control measures to be successful, uh, you needed a way to be data-driven about it. So this is a way to, to be data-driven without sacrificing individual digital privacy. Okay. Um, and on top of that, you know, now that we've understood to contain to a certain extent the yes. uncontrolled spread of COVID, we need to work to getting our economy started back up again. And so to okay. do that, we need to have data-driven metrics as to uh, who's healthy, who's potentially not, uh, okay. so I'll uh, restart the economy. Okay, wow, that's, wow, that's awesome. That is, man, that is fantastic, because I mean, as entrepreneurs, uh, you are pretty much solving a problem, and being able to see this is a huge problem. You literally jumped on it and, you know, head on to find a solution for those challenges. So now, um, I know the application will be a voluntary app, but do you know if there are apps out there that are already tracking all our movements? If do you know if there's already things out there that are already um, doing this, or is this just the first time this has happened? You mean, is your question centered around COVID or in general? Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about like right, just in general, in general, not okay. COVID. So in general, um, there are apps, unfortunately, that, uh, that do do that. Uh, so yes. we believe be a broken broken way to live the world uh, if you will so uh for example facebook does that right okay. so what face if you have the facebook app on your iphone or android phone what it's doing is sending out whispers over bluetooth so anytime you are in the room with someone else um, those whispers from each of your facebook apps or instagram apps or any other facebook related app will talk to each other and figure out that the two of you were in proximity to each other. Um, and so therefore that builds their knowledge graph and their friendship graph, if you will, to understand which wow. two people in Facebook uh, spend time together. And if so, do they have similar interests and can I sell them more ads? Let's say for example, you and I are talking and 
they know that I'm interested in cybersecurity, so you might start seeing cybersecurity ads, right? And the reason why we believe that's fundamentally broken is because the, the advertising model, business model of the internet was an afterthought, right? It was not how yes. the internet necessarily meant to, to function. Okay. Uh, so there's an excellent book uh, called Surveillance Capitalism that I've talked about already. What Surveillance Capitalism's thesis is, is that the pressure um, was initiated by venture capitalists who had funded companies like Yahoo and Google and, mm -hmm. and the others around the dot-com crash, and they were VC-funded, meaning they weren't making revenue, but okay. then they needed to quickly um, make revenue in the uh, you know, macro environment yes. of the dot-com crash. And yes. so as a result of that, they all went to ads as, as sort of the default business model. Now the problem with advertising is that you need to know so much about a person to be able to make the ads relevant to them. Yes. But therefore, when there is, that opens up a market for a futures market on human behavior. If I can predict, Zik, what you are going to be thinking about 24 hours um, in the future, I'm, yeah. It gives me the ability and the power to advertise to you as to what you should, what you what you should be looking at, uh, given what I know in a data driven way about what you should be doing, what you want to be doing in twenty four hours. And so, therefore, when there is a market for what you will do in the future, there is incentive to modify your future behavior. Mm -hmm. We know you're not interested in, let's say, Nike shoes today, but let's figure out a way to give you some glitzy advertisements about Nike shoes so that you become interested in it. And mm. we believe it to be a slippery slope to corporate control, if you will. Um, and, uh, you know, wow. there are better business models out there. Um, and Triple Blind is enabling companies to be able to look for those. Wow. Wow. That is, that's a deeper dive than what I expected. That's, that's, that's the reason why, you know, I bring experts on this show because I know vaguely information about edit technology, but like you gave a whole insight about things that I did not know about, like the um, Facebook app, you know, the sound it emits. I'm like, what? I did not know that. So that is something good that I want people to know all these little tips that there are certain things that are going out there that we do not know about. So bringing you on and sharing this information, it's really valuable to us. Now, um, on to the next question. So, so tell us how the privacy restriction works. How do you know our location or not being strictly given to the government? So, in, uh, there, so if, if you're familiar with encryption, it is a way to obfuscate information so that no one else can read it, right? Okay. So encryption's been used since the times of uh, Julius Caesar for warfare and planning of operations and the like. Uh, obviously, at that time, it was primitive, and now we've got very sophisticated techniques to be able to mask information in a way that no one else can read it. But the problem with that is anything that's encrypted today mm -hmm. can be decrypted, meaning um, if you are, um, if you are uh, you know, uh, sending your credit card information encrypted from your favorite shopping website, mm -hmm. it is encrypted on your uh, computer. It is then sent over to the other merchant, and then the okay. merchant decrypts it, right? And, and then when they decrypt it, they figure out um, what the credit card number was so that they might be able to, um, uh, they might be able to process your transaction. So exactly. in that case, the problem is the data is encrypted in a very, very strong way, but it can be decrypted, and therefore the raw data can be generated on the other side. 
So what Trueline's doing with PrivateKit and the others is performing something called a one-way encryption. The data is encrypted in a way that all operations you do on the data, including the ability to test whether you might have been potentially exposed to COVID, is done entirely in the encrypted domain. So what that means ultimately is even if a government uh, hacked into your phone, they wouldn't be able to reverse engineer your location. Mm. Right? So... We do everything with user consent. What that means is unless you consent to sharing your information, no one can have it. The phone also unloads the the data from who is infected in your community as opposed to to sending anything out. So it's only in receivable mode at all times. And therefore, the only risk is if someone subpoenas your phone to see Zick, I know you have private kit, and I would like to figure out where you've been. Okay. Um, and even if someone's like what you saw with the Apple devices that didn't reveal anything about uh, about the particulars of uh, uh, of the user, uh, yes. you'd learn nothing about the whereabouts of where that phone has been because of the one-way encryption that Triple Blind does on it. Okay. Wow. Wow. Another insight right there. Now, um, let me ask you this, because I, I know this is really important, because I, I just learned a, a couple of days ago that um, TikTok, TikTok has this thing where they can track what you're typing, right? Um, and whether you are in the app or outside the app, they can still track it. Now, my question is this. Once you download the private kit app to track people who have COVID-19, will they still be working when you delete the app? Or... If you delete the app, everything goes out. How does that work? Yeah, no, uh, if you delete the app, everything's deleted, it goes away. Um, the idea behind this is that it is a completely open source app, meaning you can uh, go to GitHub, which is a, a place where people uh, can store their code. Okay. Um, so if you think of TikTok, TikTok is not an open source app. The code that yeah. makes TikTok possible is not inspectable, which is why you, know, you, you, you may not know exactly what it's doing under the hood. In the case mm-hmm. of private kit, it is completely open source. It is okay. supported by hundreds of volunteers from around the world. Okay. And a combination of all of that ensures that there's nothing nefarious going on. Okay. Right. So if you uninstall the app or if you're not sure if the app is really doing what it's, what it's claiming it's doing, just go look at the source code. Right. Okay. And the second thing is it's done as a nonprofit. It is not the triple blind corporate entity that is doing co- the private kit effort to be able to uh, make a pro- make a you know a couple bucks out of it. We are yes. doing this as a completely nonprofit effort. We do not stand to profit from it. We do not wow. want to profit from it. We are doing this in the service of humanity. Okay. Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. This is this is next level, and I, I'm happy to ask that question. So that way, um, we can clarify the tension about using the app, knowing that this is not an app to make money. You guys are actually trying to help. Um, yep. Now, um, to my next questions, I know you kind of like briefly stated it, but I really want to ask you this. Can you, can you um, briefly tell us what are the benefits for this app during this pandemic so people can know why this app is important? Sure. Um, so the, the app is doing quite a few things with, okay. uh, with different objectives. So first one is it is showing governments and national bodies and, and health agencies that it is possible to be able to gain public trust without building a surveillance state to do community tracing of COVID. That's the number one goal. Number two is to enable people to figure out um, how to reopen their economies. As you can tell, 
the world economy has almost screeched to a halt. And so yes. how do you enable um, that to get restarted in a way that then, uh, then you know, starts to get going again? And exactly. number three is how do you ultimately make societies more resilient, right? Mm-hmm. Which is okay. how, do you, um, how do you, if there is ever a pandemic of this nature uh, or some other similar catastrophe in the future, um, how do you build technology so that we're more resilient to being able to weather these kinds of storms? Okay. Okay. That's awesome. Well, now let me ask you this. Um, is there a release, a release date for this app and how do people find about, how, how can people get on it? How can people download it? How can people get it? Sure. So the apps are live on iOS and, and Android. Uh, you okay. can um, go to um, the app stores or the Play Store on both of those devices and uh, look for Private Kit. You'll see it. Um, the app is uh, free, of okay. course, um, and it has no advertisements, no trackers, no, um, no in-app purchases or any of that nature. Um, okay. It is completely voluntary, uh, and it enables you to uh, even import your location history from Google and others. Uh, in the event that you haven't been tracking your your location on the app. So it is free to use. It is available today. Okay. And are there people already using this app or? Yep. Several, several tens of millions of people are using this around the world today. Tens of millions of people. Wow. Right. That, that is uh that is a huge number. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's, that means it is a huge success. Cool. Um, Okay, now let me ask this, because I know there's a lot of people who are panicking now. There's an app that can track my location. I am, I'm afraid of this. So let me clear this out. Um, let me clear out the conspiracy theories going on in people's minds right now. Will this app eventually be a mandatory app for everyone to have it on their phone so they can be tracked? Uh, we certainly hope not. Um, so that would, that would not be a decision we would make. Um, but let me, let me add to this. This... If this were to be made mandatory by some kind of government decree, mm-hmm. um, because of the open source and nonprofit nature of this, okay. uh, you can be more certain than if a for-profit entity were to be doing this. Okay. Uh, for example, you've heard of uh, Google and Apple enabling the APIs to be able to do that, the infrastructure needing to do that. Now keep in mind, that is not Google.org. This is not the nonprofit arm of Google or the nonprofit okay. arm of Apple that's doing this. They have a okay. profit motive. They have shareholders. They have um, you know, a mandate to go out and capture business opportunity wherever they, it might exist. Uh, whereas in the case of this particular application, it's open source. It's driven by nonprofits. So you can be virtually 100% certain that there is nothing nefarious going on under the hood should this be mandatory. Okay. But it's likely, you know, um, we live in, in, in a country that, that, uh, that's unlikely to happen. Okay, sweet, beautiful. Now, the next question. So as much as this is helpful, a helpful tool for the season we are in right now, what about the future when this is all over? Like, the government will have all our details. How do we stop that? Well, the government will not have any of your details. All the government... Uh, in the context of this app, all the government will have is the trails of the infected people. Okay. Uh, so today, for example, let's say if you were diagnosed with measles, which is not COVID, um, a county health official will come to you and ask, where have you been the last 28 days, let's just say, right? Okay. And they rely on your best recollection efforts so that you may, you know, you may tell 
them which you remember oh maybe 14 days ago i went to the grocery store and i might have met that person and that person so it's a very ineffective way of doing contact tracing for contagious diseases okay what this does is allow the county health official in the united states county health officials in the united states uh, which is a decentralized body, if you will, or several decentralized bodies, uh, to be able to accurately, uh, without relying on people's memory, uh, do community spread of contagious diseases. Okay. At the same time, remember I said the data is one-way encrypted. No way that they can reverse engineer any okay. of your information which stays local on your phone. Um, so okay. there's, the government can learn nothing about you. All right, so my, my, I think my question is this. Um, so if someone were to, to test positive for COVID-19, would they have to impede that in the app? How, do they, how does the app know that you, the person has COVID-19? How does that work? So you would have to be diagnosed with a test um, and the uh, county health official would then have to uh, validate that the test was actually done so that we don't have you know, false positives on the app. So. So it's so it's basically going to be for people just who have COVID nineteen, and if other people want to download this app, um, who do not have COVID nineteen, they can still download the app and use it for. All In the fact, we, it is it is highly recommended that everyone downloads the app so that they can safely predict whether or not they should get tested. Right? It is very important to plot the curve, and this is an excellent tool to be able to do that. So, if you have not been exposed to COVID, there is no reason why you sh you need to go get get uh you know freaked out or alarmed as to oh i, I just coughed uh, is this a COVID cough or is this something yes. else right so if you have not been been exposed to um to COVID, you do not need to worry right so the, okay. those are some of the things that um that we're trying to do for the overall macro healthcare infrastructure is to prevent it from being overloaded by people who think they might have a COVID symptom when they okay. most likely do not now, um, this is going to be, and we have more, I think we have two more questions and we're done, but this is going to be an off the cuff question for me. Um, I've been watching a lot of news and I've seen people who are protesting saying COVID-19 COVID is not real. It's, it's a hoax. What do you think about that conspiracy theory of people saying this is not real? This is just something that people are putting up. What is your perspective on that? Well, um, it's a conspiracy theory. Um, yes. So, yeah. You know, by giving it any attention, it's it's going to you know permeate deeper and deeper into society. And I think in crisis times like these, we need to minimize fake news um, and listen to the folks that are in the middle of it, uh, the scientists and the healthcare workers and the and the caregivers that are actually taking care of uh, of uh, society at large to be able yes. to be uh, in a position to deal with this uh, deadly epidemic. Um, so. I, I I am disappointed that there are people that think that this is this is also kind of a conspiracy uh, because that helps no one. Okay, cool. Now let me ask you this. Now I know that this app is your main focus right now, but are there other projects you're working on during this pandemic? Actually, it's not our main focus. This is just right. a side project we did. As I said, Triple Blind is a, is a start okay. for profit company. Um, and we did this as a gesture of goodwill to humanity at large. Okay. Uh, Triple Blind is building privacy as a service in a, in a marketplace for private data and proprietary algorithms to where different parties can come on together and okay. enable a secure uh, and private exchange of value 
uh, with their individual data sets and algorithms. So that remains my main focus, which is what I do um, you know, 80 hours a week. Um, yeah. This private Git stuff is, um, is sort of a hobby. Okay. Oh, that's fantastic. Now, um, before actually last question, I want to ask you this. Uh, what is one, what is an advice you want to give to, you know, entrepreneurs out there or, you know, business owners out there, uh, just to tell them that this season, you know, everything is not as good as it could be, but it could be better. What is one thing you want to say to people out there today? So clearly we, this is an event, right? This is not something that anyone could have predicted. Yes. Um, and everyone's hurting. Um, so this is a, a, a time to, to really, you know, buckle down and build. Um, we've, we've, and the, the frothy times, the, the, the roaring 2010s, if you will, have come to an end. Yes. And now it's time to fundamental uh, things that will make all of our lives more resilient and, sure. um, and enable not just the United States, but the entire world uh, to come out stronger on the other side. So put on your building hats and let's get to building. Let's go. That's what I'm talking about. Now, uh, my last question is this. What is one thing you want to do when this is all over? I know it's not going to be a normal. It's going to be a new normal. But what do you want to do when this is all over? Well, um, as weird sounds, but this is the longest I've spent in a city in decades. I, wow. I used to travel millions of miles a year. Um, and, and uh, you know, as, as, as much as flights suck, um, mm. I, I, I look forward to the day when I can go meet customers and clients and partners uh, where I have not been able to go meet with them in the last couple of yeah. years. Um, so, so are, are you in Kansas City or a different city right now? Yes. You're in Kansas City? Yes. Yes. Let's go, KC. There you go. Um, now, uh, we have come to the end of the show. I just want to say uh, a big thank you to you for coming on the show. Um, for an article about you at EMKC, the MKC page, and I was like, I love what you're doing. I want to bring you on the show. And um, I am looking forward to when this is all over, eventually bringing you on a, on a, pers like on a physical show that we have. We can talk more because I know that you have a lot of things you're working on, and I really believe in what you're doing, and I would love to you know, hear more about what you do and how you've come this far so people can see you know, your journey and be able to be inspired by your story. Um, so again, thank you for coming on this show. I appreciate you and thank you for doing this. This is awesome, man. You are doing an awesome job. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Yes. Um, is, is there a website that people can catch you at or social media, something you want to put? Sure, yes. Uh, so the website is tripleblind.market, T-R-I-P-L-E-B-L-I-N-D.M-A-R-K-E-T. Um, and I'm on, 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 you know, the usual suspects. I'm probably, you're not going to find me on TikTok, but I'm on uh -huh. Twitter, LinkedIn and all the others. So, Awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on and stay safe, stay healthy. We'll meet up on the other side when this is all over. And thank Thanks you. so much for having me and you do, you do the same. All right. Bye. All right. Take care. Hey, hey, do not click off. Do not click off. Click the link and go to find up Casey on YouTube. And please subscribe. Please subscribe. All right. Stay safe.